Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s, on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. The Astrology Hour can be heard weekdays from 12 noon to 1 o'clock, and Tuesday's special expanded edition from 12 noon to 2 o'clock. The Astrology Hour is a public-supported radio show. Yo, Southern California. Welcome to another exciting edition of the Astrology Hour on KFOX Redondo Beach. I'm excited about the Crystal Congress. I'm also glad to also introduce to you the fact that the Astrology Hour is associated with the Crystal Congress, and we are promoting them. My good friend LeVar Burton from Star Trek The New Generation, and also Stephanie Kramer, who is star of the hit series Hunter, will be the moderators there, and that's where I'll be July 15th, 16th, and 17th. And we'll probably have a, a, a supplemental topic on Tuesday, next Tuesday's show, with LeVar Burton as guest in the studio. That'll be next Tuesday. Today's topic is called The Moon as Trigger. Last week we talked about the lunar return and the lunation effect that goes on every 28 days. Today, we're going to talk about the moon as one of the most vital elements in transit astrology or in astrology where we are able to predict cycles, trends, patterns, and understand sequence of events in life. Because it seems like no matter what transit we're having, because the moon does move through all 12 signs in a 28-day period, that it does seem to trigger the rest of the transits. It's like if you're having a transit and nothing has happened yet, wait till the moon rolls along and then pow, it's like Mike Tyson usually. So this is a really good topic for you. I'm going to also teach you today how to follow the moon as it goes through your 12 houses, maybe how to keep a lunar diary, how to track the moon, and how to get the feel of what it does to your life as it moves through your 12 houses and triggers your cosmic circuits in your natal chart. So definitely a wonderful topic for beginners and people that are also interested in a good review on the moon and also helping you understand how astrology works as a science. We have a general question, so let's go to that first. Hi, Karen. How are you? Okay, how are you? Thank you for calling. Well, my question is, what is the sex karma of non-involvement? What is the sex karma of non-involvement? Yeah. Why is that you? Well, sort of, but in general. I would tend to think could mean a couple of things. First of all, a lot of times people are sort of stricken <laughs> with a chart that either prevents involvement or manifests too much sensitivity and emotionalism in case there is involvement or there's tremendous fear and anxiety behind any kind of contact in a relationship. Oftentimes, an abundance of Virgo planets with Virgo stress or Aquarius planets with Aquarius stress will create a person who could find it easy to be prudent, celibate, or just asexual, not involved at all. I believe many times... The karma behind this can be one of two things. It would either be a massive abuse of sexual powers in a past life, which might actually reveal an extremely promiscuous or aggressive person, and this would actually produce promiscuous and or aggressive people, in my opinion, in your early life that could turn you off or frighten you as far as sexual involvement is concerned. That's number one. Number two, of course, I do feel that the highest form of celibacy and sexual abstention is also a spiritual grace that the Hare Krishnas believe that when you can attain pure celibacy while overcoming the sexual obsession, that you have definitely reached toward a messianic level. Oh, so it wouldn't, what about in the next life, would it create any sort of um, connection with this? 
specific people you're not involving yourself with. Well, I do think that levels of sexual passion, in my opinion, are something that we sort of qualify for. And if we don't abuse others or ourselves sexually, then it appears that we come back more sensitive with a more stable vehicle and less hang-ups in that area. If we are someone that could be a womanizer or or a manizer or somebody that would definitely abuse their sexual powers, either personally or with others, then you might come back with a little questionable or more unstable vehicle where the idea or the thought of sex could be either frightening or something you're just not interested in, in my opinion, that is. Mm -hmm. Do you have Virgo and Aquarius in your chart? Yeah. What do you have? Venus and Aquarius and Uranus and Pluto and Virgo. Yeah, well, definitely, no question about it. I have found, actually, people with Aquarius planets will actually get more turned on mentally, believe it or not, Mm -hmm. where it seems like the mental stimulation is almost better than the physical or absolutely required. That's why a lot of people with Virgo Aquarius planets will either be sexual or, I mean, asexual, celibate, abstain, or a lot of times we'll find Virgo Aquarian types going experimenting with bisexuality and homosexuality. Okay? Can I ask another general question? Sure. Is there any relevance on planets conjunct fixed stars? Sure. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. In fact, if you have planets in your chart conjunct fixed stars, then I would tend to think that that part of the particular zodiac sign is a lot more powerful and and radiates a lot more energy, a lot more robust karma in that planetary location, for sure, in my opinion. Okay. Thank you, and God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. (laughs) Welcome to the Astrology Hour. My name is Farley Malaris, in case you just tuned in for the first time. Thank you for joining us. We are 98% a public-supported radio show, so we definitely appreciate and need and require your support. Now, there's a couple things you need to know, and what you do need to know, in my opinion, as far as astrology is concerned, is that everyone has 12 houses. Everyone has 12 houses, and everyone has a 12-house setup that is unique unless unless you meet that 360-to-1 shot or more, as far as odds go, somebody who has the exact same rising sign by degree. If you find that, If you actually meet someone that has the same exact rising sign, that gets to be a little eerie as far as feeling more closer or more tied or more of a relationship to the the person that you meet or that you see. So obviously, if you do find a person that has your same exact rising sign, then during the month when the moon goes through your 12 houses, it will also enter their 12 houses. So your cycles will be absolutely very much the same. Even though your planetary locations are different, it seems like wherever the moon goes, it triggers a vital organ response in your life. This thing with astrology is something that does take some study, it does take some exercise, and it does take a little memorization as far as understanding the basic effects of the signs, the houses, the planets, and the aspects. In truth, if you really want to learn about astrology, what you need to do is learn the essence vibration of each one of the 12 signs, the essence vibration of each one of the 12 houses, which happen to correlate, the essence vibration of each one of the aspects that we talk about, and the essence vibration of each one of the planets. Let me get that done. Signs, houses, aspects, and planets is what you want to memorize if you want to become an astrology-enlightened person. Well, anyway, when you get your rising sign down and you start to get the feel of which part of the zodiac respects or rules your 12-house system, then after a while you can start to keep a diary. A lot of times I'll tell people to make copies of their natal chart, of the first page of the wheel of their chart, maybe 100, 200 copies, so they can literally keep track of the moon as it goes through your chart every day. Now, another thing you can do is just buy a plastic cover, a plastic cover for your chart, and when I give them lunar location for the day, you can actually fill it in and shade in the approximate 12 to 15 degree area, or almost one half of a sign, that the moon will move every day. See, the moon takes from two to two and a half days to go through one sign, 
So obviously it's going to take two to two and a half days to go through one house because the house is also 30 degrees in size if we're doing equal house astrology. If you're into another astrology system, then obviously the moon is going to stay different times in different houses. Some of you might have intercepted houses, which is what we don't talk about on the astrology much because I don't believe in intercepted houses, even though I respect people that do. In equal house astrology, there are no lost or intercepted signs in houses. But anyway, (laughs) what you've done is you look at your rising sign and it's located in the far left edge, right in the middle there of your wheel. In other words, if you started in the middle of the circle and went perpendicular all the way directly left, actually parallel to the left edge of the page, if you went right to the middle and bisected that, you'd find a string of asterisks And at the far left, you'd probably find the abbreviation that would equal your rising sign. Like, my rising is Libra, 20. And sure enough, if I start from the middle of my wheel and go all the way to the left, then I will find, it says 20LI16. 20 meaning the degree of rising, which tells me which sign was rising in the east when I was born in St. Louis, 1121 in the morning in August 11th, 1948. And also, now we know where the rising sign is, we can identify the 12 houses. Now, is looking at your astroscope, you will notice that it looks like a pie, and it's divided into 12 slices. Now, starting where we are at the rising sign point, we can go downwards counterclockwise and fill in the numbers from 1 to 12, and that's our 12 houses. Let's get this straight. From where the 9 would be on the clock face, you find that location, the far left edge of the wheel where the rising sign is. Going downwards, the bottom half of that wheel is 1 through 6. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 in order. And then on the far right side of the wheel, where the three would be in the clock face, where the descendant is, are that part of our chart that is falling or setting when we are born. Above that descendant, basically the part that deals with how we see the world, the bottom part is how we see ourselves, and the top part of the wheel is how we deal with and handle the world. You can number them from 7 to 12. Now, you should know where your houses are, 1 through 12. And everybody has different house setups, right? So, like, for example, hypothetically, if I would have announced the moon, it was two Taurus today at 12 noon, right? Then you want to find two Taurus in your chart. Okay, let's find it in my chart. My descendant is Aries 20. That slice of pie, house seven, goes from Aries 20 to Taurus 20. Aha. So the moon is in my seventh house of balance, partners, relationships, counseling, right? Just so happens that there has been a major focus in relationships and partners in my life in the past 24 to 48 hours. And the moon's still going to be in my seventh house, headed for my eighth house sometime tomorrow. So you can actually feel the power of the lunar effect because the moon is that body in the sky, in the celestial sky, that is closest to the earth, even though it's smaller than all the planets and the sun and everything else, right? The fact that it is so very close to earth, it has one of the greatest effects on us as human magnetic creatures. So as the moon moves through the sky and through our chart, it actually sets off vibrations that affect our life. Now, I'll give you an idea. I have followed through my diaries that I just make my plans and my choices, and I see my life evolve through the transits of the moon, acting as trigger. Now, obviously, if the moon hits a zone of influence in your chart, meaning the definitions for zones of influences will be either a zone where one of your planets lies, and that would be like I have a planet at 17 degrees Scorpio, my moon, so the zone of influence for that planet called a luminary also, the moon, L-U-M-I-N-A-R-Y, that zone of influence would be 8 degrees approaching and 8 degrees passing. But for simplicity's sakes, when we talk about transits, you want to really get nitpickish, then we always talk about specifically 4 degrees approaching that 17 point and 2 degrees passing. So typically, when I have a 
a serious lunar transit, it'll usually occur, you're right, at 13 Scorpio and continue to 19 Scorpio. Because then we know I'm having an emotional transit that affects my moon. So you can find all your zones of influence, right? By locating all your planets in your chart and then by circling that zone four degrees before that planet and two degrees after and then you'll know where all your zones of influence are. Now whenever the moon or any planet (laughs) hits a zone of influence that will either go over one of your planets or set it off in a geometrical aspect that we talk about all the time, those aspects being squares, trines, and oppositions mainly, those are the main ones, then you are shown a major life experience that you could actually log and see occurring in your life just by following the moon and the movement of the planets as they course through your chart. Now, you got to remember, to be basic here, there are two kind of charts we're dealing with off today's topic. The birth chart, which is called the natal chart, which has your fixed planets frozen in the sky at birth, at the first breath. That's the natal chart. That is your cosmic circuit that stays with you your whole life. The other chart we're talking about is the moving chart, the mobile chart, the clock of the zodiac, the transit forecast I do every day at 12 noon, telling you where the planets are. And the way astrology works is we zero in on where the moving planets are as far as correlating them to our zones of influence, paying particular attention to the moon as major trigger to all the other transits, right? If you're having a Pluto square Mars and then the moon goes over your Pluto, bingo. If you haven't felt that Pluto square Mars yet, when the moon hits it, look out, puppy, you know, because then zizak, zizak, you know, that's when it really goes into action, right? So you can actually literally validate how astrology works by filling in, by shading in on that plastic cover, the 12 to 15 degrees the moon will go. And typically, in my opinion, this is what I use, the moon goes one degree every two hours. So in 60 hours, approximately, the moon will go one full 30-degree segment or one full zodiac sign. Now, obviously, when it goes 20 Aries and enters my seventh house to 20 Taurus, it's going to be going into two signs because most people, unless they're zero-degree rising of a sign, are going to have two signs in every house. That's why we're so unique because we always talk about energy combinations in astrology, right? But the point is that if you are able to follow the moon through your houses and through the signs in your chart, you will be able to understand the cycles of your life and the patterns and your choices and why you go through what you go through, and karma and decisions and choices will become a lot more clear. See, the moon's going to go into my eighth house tomorrow, and eighth house is my Scorpio factor. It is my sexual factor, and I am typically, I don't want anyone to freak out here, but I'm typically much more passionate, as you all would be, if you have any passion potential at all, when the moon goes into the 8th house. Besides, it triggers lots of things in my chart. It squares my Saturn in Leo, and it will eventually trine my Neptune in Libra and trine my Mars in Libra, and those are all zones of influence the moon will hit when it goes into my 8th house, because I've learned that. By analyzing the movement of the moon, I have learned what it does in each and every one of my houses, so when it's in a particular house, I will zero in on what that effect is. A lot of times I'll receive things from people, assets, responsibility, sometimes money, inheritances, whenever there's an 8th house transit. Now, in the next segment, I'm going to go over the effect that I have found the moon has going through each and every one of the 12 houses. I'm going to go over the effect that it will have so you can have it or write it down or take notes, and that way you can help prove how the power of astrology works. You know, sometimes I wonder what would happen if somebody like Dr. Joyce Brothers or Carl Sagan or Ted Koppel would sit down and follow the course of the moon through their charts for about six months. Then they'd find out for sure whether it affected them. But, you know, I do think it's important that you people that are becoming a little bit more advanced and you're starting to understand your transits, you'll notice that you're seeing you having a transit where you may be having a Saturn return, right? You have Saturn in Capricorn and then Saturn is moving into Capricorn coming up this year. Guess what? When the moon hits Capricorn once a month, 
then your life's lesson and your life's karma will become that much more obvious. See how it works? Those of you that have been waiting to meet people, and you're having like Jupiter trying Venus, or Jupiter trying your Mars, or Venus trying your Mars, or Venus trying your Venus, whatever, and then the moon moves over and will conjunct that Venus, or conjunct that Jupiter, and double trine it. Wow! Talk about potential. You can take major advantage of the cycles of your life just by plugging in to what is going on with the moon, following the moon, and I announce it every day on the Astrology Hour. The moon is located at such and such degree at 12 noon. Once again, I will highly suggest you getting Jim Maynard's Celestial Influences, an almanac and textbook of astrology, ephemeris, and calendar at the Bodhi Tree. It's only 595 and it includes the daily movements of the moon, the void course moons, the full moon, the new moon, and lets you know when the moon changes signs so you can follow your moon trigger yourself. When the moon goes into the first house, I feel energetic. The first house is the appearance house. It's how people see us. A lot of times we will get haircuts or do something good for our appearance or we'll have a lot more personal energy. We'll be more extrovert when that first house moon occurs. Sometimes we can be clumsy too. I often find when the moon goes into the second house and stays there for two to three days that money becomes the issue. Whether we spend it, whether we make it, it seems to be a time for us that if there's a zone of influence in that second house that will trigger a trine or a sextile, then usually money will surge. And if there's a square or an opposition zone of influence in that house, then that's when the bills will rise. The third house is the house of busyness. I usually find myself running around. I've already got Saturn and Uranus transiting my third house in Sag and coming up in Capricorn. So whenever that darn late Sag or early Capricorn moon hits, I find myself underwater and over my head with paperwork and things to do and appointments. Lots of little things. Like insurance company didn't get my check. I sent it to them. Or the mailing services, they didn't record my payment in April and I already paid them. They're billing me again. Or my driver's license is due. My registration is due. It needs a smog device. All this stuff hits during the third house moon transit. This is a marvel. This is amazing. This is a miracle how you can prove and feel the power of astrology just by zeroing in and analyzing and embracing the moon as a trigger. Almost always, when the moon goes into the fourth house, that's when I find myself dusting, vacuuming, doing the laundry, fourth house affairs, buying and selling houses, getting the house together, cleaning the bird cages, their houses too are included. Sometimes it's in Capricorn, so I find myself working in the home because Capricorn is in my fourth house. Fifth house moons, those are times when you feel romantic and creative and innovative and you decide to call mom and dad, spend time with the family or the children that much more. Sometimes you'll speculate or gamble more. Sometimes you'll be a lot more romantic and also get yourself in trouble there (laughs) because you can make a baby during fifth house transits. Fertility sometimes, I find, can be more triggered when there's already a zone of influence affected in the fifth house already. And then the moon hits there, bingo, baby. Sixth house moons are health maintenance moon transits, you know, where we maintain our health. Also work transits, service transits. We find ourselves working harder. At seventh house moon transits will be balancing transits. Focus on loved ones and relationships. People we do love usually come out of the walls more. We get those phone calls. Actually, I've been with some wonderful, beautiful people in the last 48 hours since my 7th house moon transit starts. The 8th house transit will trigger that sexual mood often or sometimes sexual issues, sexual karma, and dealing with other people's money and such and assets. The ninth house moon is a good moon to travel on or to be mobile with or to do schoolwork, education, college. Also, travel, dealing with foreigners and being happy, just having a good time. The 10th house moon is a career moon. It's a success moon. It's a logical, practical moon. When the moon hits our 10th house, we usually find something very serious is going on that time of the month in career. It's a marvel, like I say, at helping you validate the power of astrology. 
The 11th house moon hits. Moon hits your 11th house and triggers friends and goals. Time to rearrange your goals, figure out your directions, and karma with friends comes up. And a 12th house moon hits, and this is when lots of people get loaded, get stoned, escape, or meditate. <laughs> will actually find themselves being spiritual and psychic and healing and intuitive. And actually you get ready for the next cycle to begin. Isn't it fun? You can follow the cycles of the moon and actually see yourself breathing in a whole new way. Barbara's been holding on since before the show started, and she's a supporter and a Leo with Libra rising like me, so we don't want to keep Barb waiting. Hi, Barbara. How are you today? Oh, pretty good, Farley. How about yourself? I love this topic. You know, like this topic is really the secret behind how I proved uh-huh. astrology works because I followed the moon through my houses for about six months. Every day I logged it in and I kept a diary mm-hmm. and wrote down exactly what happened during that day. It blew my mind how powerful life works from that lunar transit. So I had to share that with people. I'd done this topic about every three, four months. Uh-huh. Have you heard it before? No, I hadn't heard it before, but I remember about a couple of weeks back, I think you did mention about uh, getting a cover or copies and writing down where your planets are and things like that. You going to do it? Uh, yes, I made some copies. You're a good student then. Yeah. Okay, now what degrees your Libra rising? It's three degrees. Okay, what's your question? I just want a general scan, please. Do you feel like a female Farley sometimes? Yes, I do. And you have a Leo moon, too. Yes, I do. Well, we don't want to make you mad. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have this Venus in Virgo, which I don't know if you heard that first general question, but Venus and Jupiter both in Virgo in your chart can act as like a buffer mm-hmm. that can keep you from being as passionate or as extrovert as your Libra rising wants to be. It's like a contrast where sometimes you might want to go wild and sometimes you might feel like being a priest or a nun or something yeah. like that. I've gone through that. Yeah, that Virgo. A lot of priests and nuns have Virgo in their chart for that reason. It's a lot easier for them to abstain. Uh You are shown tremendous gains in the spirit and with finances, including better relationships as long as you can find people that understand you. Uh Because you are a very, very unique individual that has a lot of needs, tremendous emotional needs. You get that patience, then you might have some hope over the summer for a new love, okay? I'm getting there. All right, Barb. Thank you very much, Barley. Bye-bye. Jennifer has a question about her husband. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. Um, You're married to a Leo? Yes, we're both Leo, six oh. days apart. Oh, my gosh. Pretty trippy, huh? Yeah, my husband's 30th birthday is coming up, and I would like a general scan with emphasis on career. Well, how's living with him? Is he difficult now lately? Um, well, it's hard because this is his difficult time of the year always in the business. Mm-hmm. Well, he's already had his Saturn return is pretty much over. He does have his own business, you said? No, no. Just in the business he's in, I'm wondering if he's going to end up becoming department manager and if he should make a play for the position by the end of 88 or the beginning of 89. I think it's past due. Huh. Uh, See, he's already gone through Jupiter in his 10th house, so typically this probably should have been a good year for him with career, was it? Yeah, he made vice president this year. Okay, that's good. So he got what Jupiter wanted to give him. Jupiter is in his 11th house of goals now, so actually any time in the next six months to a year, he has shown some lifelong dream or some lifelong goal being realized. That's what he's going after. So let's hope it works, okay? Yes. Okay, thank you. Good luck. Bye-bye. Let's go to Bill now, Libra Scorpio rising. Yo, Bill. Hi. How you doing, Farley? Hey, BS. How you doing? Absolutely great. Wonderful topic today. The reason I called, I'm trying to work out some money karma, and I was wondering... (laughs) How do I do it? You're trying to work out money karma. I'd like a lot more money, but I have, you know. Well, you want to find yourself a quiet place every day for about 20 minutes and center yourself and picture yourself into a huge bauble of white light at the center of the universe and just meditate on prosperity and comfort surround me and then vividly visualize just the prosperity and comfort that you want and just see yourself being real philanthropical and real generous with what you get 
and above and beyond anything that would happen in your chart, that should help manifest money. Besides, seeing what's in your chart today, you are shown in your chart receiving just the advice you would need to manifest great wealth. Ooh. So take that tip. Good luck, okay? Hey, thanks again. What's the mantra again? <laughs> the what? What's the mantra I just gave you? Prosperity and comfort surround me. Say it. Prosperity and comfort surround me. Right. Just say that in your mind 20 minutes a day before you eat breakfast. Relax and center and, and look out. <laughs> look out for what right you get. Now, right now. It might take some time, but it will work, okay? Prosperity and comfort surround me. It works for most people. It depends how powerful your mind is. I'll see you, guy. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Let's go over here to line number five. And Caroline, is that you? Oh, yes. And you have a question about the little boy? Yeah, uh-huh. He's a Pisces, born 1982, cancer rising. Uh-huh. Sensitive little guy, huh? Yes, he is. Does he get upset? Yes. Does he yell at you? Yeah. And everybody else? Uh-huh. Typical cancer rising. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's him. Well, you know, it's, it's good for them to express themselves. It's... I say it's better out than in, uh-huh. but how's his self-esteem? Did you hear that show on self-esteem I did uh-huh. for children? Yeah. And I talked about you should be able to sit down with your children and say, how do you feel about yourself? Do you like yourself? How much? Show us with your hand. And can you say, I'm special, and have them repeat that and practice, I'm special. And Sometimes that'll promote more emotional stability in a child with so much cancer and Pisces and Scorpio like your son has. Uh-huh. Yeah, that sounds good. I think I will. Because I found out the other day, my friend Alexis asked her little boy how much he loved himself, and he went, this big! And he put his hands and he says, are you special? And he goes, I'm special! You know, and, and we were so proud he was only four he's years always, old. Because he's our only child, so he's always known that he's special, he's precious. He says, I'm precious. He's Good. Like, we need him to use that I am mantra, that God mantra. I'm this, I'm that. Yeah, that's what he's all in the saying. positive without too much focus on ego or conceit. Uh-huh. And the thing I was going to ask you is how his career is um, looking. <laughs> Why, is he an actor? Yeah, he just did a commercial. Remember we went to see you a long time ago? Me and my husband, we went to your office. Uh-huh. We gave you a check for his chart, and he was the one that I think just turned five. Well, he actually was shown real good year and career this year. Uh-huh. Well, he just did a Sparkles commercial, and he'll be out in about a week with Pee Wee Herman's magazine for life. Great. Jupiter is also entering his 11th house right now just like that other person that called who had cancer rising. Uh So he's shown a lifelong dream being fulfilled this year, too. So I say keep punching because things are happening now, and the more confident and optimistic he is, the more of a winning attitude he has. I think he's going to make a major breakthrough before the next 12 months are up, okay? Is that right? Let me know when he gets that big movie. You know, I predicted that Arsenio Hall would get a multi-level movie contract when I was on The Late Show with him when he really wasn't that big yet. Uh And I just saw him in a great movie, Coming to America, where he played like, three other roles with Eddie Murphy who played three other roles uh-huh. and I didn't even know he was playing those other roles I was completely fooled really and I'm telling you I was real proud of that prediction I think your son's headed there too okay he's gonna make a big movie then pretty soon then huh I think so in the next 12 months he'll get something TV or something uh huh so he'll start getting more work than pretty soon then, well it's, right? it's up to you it appears like his chart is lit uh huh so just don't push him don't pressure him and let life take its course okay okay thank you very much Farley bye bye okay bye alright I'm Farley Malaris. Uh, This is the Astrology Hour on KFOX, Redondo Beach, 93.5 FM. We are here weekdays at 12 noon to 1 o'clock. I only asked for a small chunk out of your day. I know most of the people that listen to this show are real career-oriented people, so they're busy. And what they do is they take their lunch off, and they specifically listen to the Astrology Hour from 12 noon to 1 o'clock, and then they go back to work, which is cool, because I think that's great, you know. And this is really your show. And Tuesdays, we're on for two hours for the housewives and people that have the time to listen to that show. and. I talk to more people then, too. But still, this is a public-oriented show, and we stay on the air because you use our charts and services. All right, let's go back to the phones. 
Carol's a Libra rising and she's darn close to me, 21, so she's one off. <laughs> so our wheels are almost on top of each other. And she is a Sag, born 1960. Hi. Hi. So what can we do for you? Well, I would like to comment on the topic. Oh, good. I always look where the moon is, just what sign it is, to see what kind of day of work I'm going to have. Oh, really? You can actually tell. Well, I know if it's a Virgo moon, I'm going to work real hard. Aha. Uh-huh. And since I'm a nurse, when it's a Leo moon, everybody voices all their complaints and stuff. They want to be heard. Are you an astrologer? No. Sounds like you're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I was just calling today for a general scan. Okay, now, I would think basically for your life right now, Carol, you are shown lots of changes coming up. You have Venus in Capricorn, opposed Mars in Cancer. And also Saturn and Capricorn on your Venus opposed Mars and Cancer. So you're going through a major transition concerning what's important in life to you, your values, your love factors, money, your direction in life, and how you deal with and relate to men in general. It's going to take about two years until you're 30 for this cycle to complete itself. It's a Saturn return. Mm -hmm. So obviously whenever the moon goes into Capricorn, Cancer, Aries, or Libra, it will trigger certain major events in your life that will help you go through this transition, okay? Oh, okay. Good luck. Thanks. Do you like to eat and cook also? Oh, yes. Yeah, Mars and Cancer. You guys, I know you guys. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to Asia on line 8, a uh, Cancer Virgo rising. Hi. Hi. How you doing? I'm okay, thank you. What kind of name is that? Uh, Russian. It's Russian? Yes. Oh, real? How do you say no problem in Russian? Нет проблем. Нет проблем. Well, that's yeah. pretty easy. Yes. Yeah, I know how to say bye-bye birdie. I was in a Russian play once called Dos Vidanya, Dos Vidanya, Oh, I'm Russian. Your last name tell me that you have something. Forli Maloruski. Yes, exactly. I'm Russian. Oh, you are? Oh, yeah. sure. I, I, I knew. Yeah. Нет проблем. Exactly. So, yes. How long have you been in this country? For 10 years. Do you like it? Yes, a lot. Do you miss Russia? No. What can we do for you, Oz? Uh, well, general scan. I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm very scared. I never talk on the radio. <laughs> it's my first time call. Oh, I love you though. You Thank know, you. I'm your Russian friend. Where can you get a Russian radio program in America, right? All right. <laughs> I have a birthday today. Oh, you do? That's right. Yes. Happy birthday to Asia. Thank you. Happy birthday to, isn't that sweet? Okay. Thank you. Now, I think you're going to have a wonderful year. You are a very creative, exciting person. It's best for you not to worry so much. I think you think too much. Yes. I, I think you, you try to figure things too much in your head. You got Mars in Virgo and Uranus in Gemini, and you're shown some real good money over this summer and better around Christmas. You have a real creative mind, a real inventive mind, and you have a natural gift as a counselor, so you can help people with their problems. When they come to you, they'll talk to you about their lives, and you can give them some resolution sometimes. You are shown meeting some new people this week and next week that could be very helpful to your life. Oh, yes. What about if I may ask uh, my personal uh, life? Well, you are shown a marriage coming up here. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised you're not married yet. No, I had a lot of problem. I think I have karma. <laughs> yeah, how's your self-esteem? My super very bad. How's your self-esteem? Do you love yourself? Um, well, I'm close to 10. I listen to you. Okay, so, good. But uh, I need, I'm not 10. <laughs> I, I need a 10, so that's what most I men know. want, okay? So let's work on that, okay? Yes. Mm-hmm. God bless you. Oh, thank you very much. Do svidanya. Do svidanya. All right, the Astrology Hour on KFOX 93.5 FM in Redondo Beach. Carol Lee is calling back from yesterday. Hi, Carol. Hi, Farley. How are you? You're the Scorpio Gemini Rising, one of my clients. You actually came to see me in person. Yes. What can we do for you? I want a general scan on career, please. Well, let's see. Now, you were the country music singer, right? 
Mm-hmm. I do other things as well. But. Okay, so you're interested in just about anything at this point then. Mm-hmm. I frankly think that Venus is going to hit early cancer imminent, like in the next two weeks, and it's going to be floating around in that area, and that's going to trine your Neptune, and you are shown a possible super jump that will propel you in career better than most charts I have seen in the last few months. So go for it, okay? Thank you, Forley. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's go to Sheila on line one. This is Pisces Aries Rising. Hi, Sheila. Hello, Farley. How are you? Fine. Thank you for calling. Thank you. I'm Fran's cousin, by the way. Fran Ford? Yes. All right. I love her. Yes, I know. <laughs> she knows. She, has a, she likes you a lot. I was calling today to see if I could get a general scan. I think, Farley, my rising sign is Aries. You're going to Yugoslavia. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> We're sending you to Yugoslavia. Okay, no, basically, your rising is Aries, you think? I think so, yes. Well, you have one of those charts that's kind of blessed right now for love and money. I don't know how easy it is for you to have relationships. You have Mars and Aquarius, so you could be a little standoffish there. Are you? Not usually. Are you married? Yes. Okay, good. How's the marriage? We're in reconciliation at this point. Okay, good. I think overall relationships could improve for you. In general, which means if it's not with him, it would be with somebody brand new, imminent, okay? Mm-hmm. And overall, you're shown lots of money and lots of settlement coming up, so you kind of have a wonderful transit in your future for the next couple of years, okay? Very good, Parley. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Anyway, that was the show for you. I hope you liked it. The moon as trigger, a vital topic in the Astrology Hour. See you real soon, weekdays on KFOX Redondo Beach, 93.5 FM at 12 noon. Bye, everybody, and I love you.